Well, we sure are living in interesting times. It is Tuesday, October 11th, 2022. Mike Adams here. Thank you for joining me for this Situation Update podcast. Our special guest coming up today is Ben Armstrong, who is an expert in, um, well, I don't know, end times, book of Revelation, uh, uh, Babylon, mystery Babylon. Yeah, he's he's actually spent a lot of years studying all those topics, and he's got some something bombshell to share with us, an analysis. And he talked to me about it a few weeks ago, and he's he's going to lay it out for us here, uh, I don't know, a few minutes from now in the Situation Update podcast, maybe, I don't know, 30, 45 minutes, something like that. So you definitely do not want to miss that. Apparently, it's supposed to be some mind-blowing information. Um, we'll see. I mean, Ben Armstrong's awesome, so I, I have... Uh, high high expectations and high hopes that he's going to blow our minds with the information that he's got coming up. So we'll get to that. Now, being that it is the 11th, today is the day that the Ranger buckets are available at the Health Ranger store. If you want to get your hands on some of those, they are going live at 11 a.m. You're probably hearing this after that. 11 a.m. Central is when that goes live. And they'll probably be sold out by, I don't know, 5 p.m., something like that is just my guess. Anyway, the Ranger buckets are available right now. We have not raised the price, which is just incredible because uh, the materials prices are going up, up, up. We have not reduced the volume of anything either. By the way, it's the same amount of food in the buckets. Sometimes the individual ingredients will change around based on availability, but we we don't practice shrinkflation. Have you heard that term where you go to the grocery store and what used to be like six ounces is now 4.7? ounces but it's the same price it's like ah it's just another way to rip people off uh we don't do that it's the same amount of food that it's always been it's the same price actually that it's been for i think over a year now and those will be available for you if you want to get that healthrangerstore.com very limited quantities though they won't last very long also i want to mention there may have been some confusion yesterday a couple of people thought that i had said that there was a a 10% discount on gold and silver uh, using discount code RANGER. But no, that 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 is not the case. There could not be such a discount because there's not even that much margin in gold and silver. There's never a discount using a discount code on gold and silver. just want to be clear. Uh, perhaps I, I concatenated two sentences together or didn't speak clearly enough or something like that. I apologize if, if uh, that was con, uh, confusion on anybody's part. But no, there's there's never a discount on gold and silver. The margins are really, really thin in the gold and silver business, just so you know. I mean, very thin spreads between buying and selling, by the way. Uh, even a, a like a gold or silver retailer that sells $100,000 worth of metals, they don't make that much money, folks. These are not like retail markup items at a at a like a convenience store or something like that. Not even close. Very thin margins, no discounts, and and. Remember, I don't I don't earn an affiliate fee off of any of the metals that you purchase from our sponsors. So there's no there's no kickback to me. There's no room for that. It's just really great competitive pricing and uh, a supply that is dwindling by the day, by the way. In fact, I just ordered some silver coins from Treasure Island, which is our sponsor, and they're not going to arrive until uh looks like mid to late November. And those are silver buffaloes, by the way. If you want to get in on those, I know there's a shipment coming in to Treasure Island. You can reach them at metalswithmike.com. Remember, there's no discount code, but they have great pricing. The Buffaloes are coming in. 
they just check out the price that they offer on those because it's very, very competitive. But anyway, I'm, I'm willing to wait on those because, well, you know, there's hardly anything available right now. So you're going to have to get in line just like I did. Okay, I promised I was going to count down the number of days remaining until Halloween, and here we are at about 20 days remaining. Now, remember, this is the window of what I'm calling false flag opportunity, where there could be, you know, a false flag attempt, and I suspect there are going to be many attempts to try to stop the elections, you know, the midterm elections that are coming up, in which it looks like the Democrats are going to get clobbered. It looks like currently that the GOP is going to take the Senate by two seats, that they'll have a, a two-seat advantage when it's all said and done. And, of course, the, the GOP will take the House as well. So that would put both houses of Congress under GOP control, and that would essentially end the, the Biden regime's uh, power, I don't know, strangulation of America for the next two years, depending on if we even have two years. And it would it would kind of push Biden into a corner where all he can do is write executive orders that will mostly likely get blocked or overturned or halted by judges and so on and so forth. So if you want to turn Joe Biden into a lame duck, I mean, he's already so lame. It's almost like a lame duck would be an upgrade for him, I think. But if you want to stop the Democrats agenda, even if you don't, even if you're not into the party system, you're going to have to vote GOP for this election uh, ju just to put a halt to the insanity. That's that's kind of the bottom line. And there are some really great candidates, too, like Carrie Lake out of Arizona, who is just fantastic. I, I, I'm so impressed with Carrie Lake. I, I think, you know, if America still exists four years later, she could make a run for president. Seriously, she's she's um, she's got something special. And also Ron DeSantis is doing some great work in Florida and uh, also with the recovery from Hurricane Ian. So th there are a lot of great candidates out there. I don't mean to, you know, diss on all the GOP people, just just the ones who are the rhinos, basically. I'm, I'm all in favor of those who still love America and want freedom and oppose censorship, you know, and who support the ideas of, of small government, things like that. The, anyway, the point is the powers that be only have about 20 days to carry out an, a false flag attack. But if you recall my interview with Jim Willie yesterday, he said that he believes that there are white hat groups that are actively stopping many of these false flag attempts. And as I said in that interview, I hope I hope that's correct. I really do. Uh, and I do know there are some white hat groups within military intelligence, within the U.S. Navy, within the NSA even, and you know, possibly in other branches of government here and there. So the question is, are they going to be effective at stopping the false flag attacks that could take place over the next 20 days. And those attacks could be like nuclear terrorism in the United States, could be a dirty bomb, could be a false flag cyber attack taking down the U.S. power grid, could be a cyber attack on the banking system, could be, you know, just anything. And just think about the worst case scenarios. That That's what they're probably trying to do. So, if we, again, if we make it through the next 20 days without something big blowing up, uh, just consider ourselves um, blessed or perhaps protected by some of the white hat groups that stop something seriously. Now, as you may know, the big news over the last uh, 48 hours or so is Russia launching its missile strikes against Ukraine. Uh, dozens of Ukrainian cities were hit with missile strikes, and this is reportedly retaliation for Ukraine blowing up the bridge that connects Crimea to Russia's mainland. 
Now, just just to back up on that, first of all, you know, Ukraine's government has taken credit for blowing up that bridge. And many of the Ukrainian leaders have gone out there and they have celebrated it. They've taken photos of themselves uh, celebrating the, the explosion of this bridge, the blowing up a bridge, which is a you know, civilian infrastructure here, uh, which is just, you know, I, I thought the progressives wanted to build bridges, not walls. But it turns out they actually want to explode the bridges and tear them down. This is tearing down bridges, literally, in this case. So that's what Ukraine believes in, is blowing up bridges, tearing down bridges. They introduced a government postage stamp the very next day that has uh, an image of the, this blown-up bridge, which indicates that they were planning this well in advance. They knew they were going to do this. This was their target. And uh, here they are. Well, I was thinking back, what about the narrative we all heard in March and April of this year where the mainstream media was saying that Russia has run out of missiles and that's why they had to use the hypersonics. Remember that? The, the Kinzhal uh, dagger hypersonic missile, when one of those was launched, I remember the narrative out of the media was, well, they're having to use hypersonic missiles because they're out of everything else. They've just run out. They've launched all their missiles. That was in March or April time frame. And here we are now in October, and it turns out Russia has not run out of missiles, and they just launched dozens of them, hitting all kinds of targets across all kinds of cities across, you know, Ukraine. I mean, just, what is it, uh, Kharkov and Kiev and Lviv and so many more. I mean, there's just strikes all over the country. So clearly, Russia has been holding back. Clearly, they could have launched missiles before now, but they chose not to. They're just doing this in retaliation for the attack on the bridge in Crimea. So in other words, the entire Western media was, you know, full of bunk, as usual, claiming that Putin had run out of missiles and that Russia was out of the war and they were retreating and it's over. Uh, really? Um, and also, there's a bigger question in all of this. Where is NATO's air defense systems in all of this, or where, where are they, I should say? What happened to air defense in Ukraine? What happened to, uh, you know, anti-missile defense systems? Because I thought that early on, the Western leaders were bragging that they owned the skies, right? Remember some of that? That they weren't going to let anything happen to Ukrainian cities. Well, what happened to that anti-air defense system because it certainly didn't function in the last two days did it did even one of these russian missiles get knocked out of the sky did even one i haven't seen a single report of a single missile that got knocked out of the sky but i've seen dozens of targets struck by these missiles which indicates something important here that nato and ukraine do not have any kind of air defense system that is functional they do not own the air they do not have air superiority, and they don't have, you know, anti-air defense systems that can protect the people or protect the cities or anything like that, which means that Putin, at any time, he can strike Ukrainian cities and specific targets such as the power grid or, you know, transportation, communications, government buildings, and so on. In fact, there were a few government buildings, I think, struck by these missiles. One of them was uh, reported to be, I don't know, some kind of official... Zelensky regime government building. So here's the question. 
if Putin can do this at any time he wants, what's he waiting for to do this again? And if the United States and, and NATO, they really don't have any anti-air defenses that work, then can't Putin do this at any time? And if so, what time is he waiting for? I think, my prediction, is that Putin's just waiting for cold weather. He's just waiting for a very, very cold day, which could happen any day here or maybe the next couple of months, when it's just way below freezing and there's a lot of energy usage all throughout not just Kiev but throughout the cities of Ukraine. And he can take out the power grid and disrupt it at that time and just, you know, send Ukraine into, uh, frankly, a, you know, a freezing crisis. That is, if he wants to, if he wants to attack civilian targets, which is something that, you know, I, I oppose. I oppose attacking civilian targets such as the power grid or water systems or anything like that or, you know, roadways and bridges and things like that that people use because this – this war shouldn't hurt the people. But then again, the West's economic sanctions against Russia hurt the people. It hurts the people of Russia. It hurts the farmers. It hurts the workers. You know, it, it hurts the programmers. It hurts the engineers. It hurts the people more than it hurts the government. So economic sanctions are really weapons of mass destruction against populations, against civilians. And so, and that was a weapon of war, a financial weapon that was launched by the West against the people of Russia. And by the way, the effect of that was to cement Putin's uh, support among Russian civilians. Because a lot of Russian civilians previous to that were suffering under the illusion that the West was pretty awesome and they wanted to be more like Western Europe, you know, they wanted to be more like America. And now they realize that the West is a terrorist cartel and that they need to support uh, Putin and, and Russia and have their own domestic economy because that's the only way they're going to be able to, you know, to function, especially under these economic sanctions. So the bottom line is that the Western sanctions created vast political support for Putin. <laughs> and that's where he is right now with all kinds of support for his, you know, ongoing war effort and Importantly, we are in an escalation pattern now that looks very, very dangerous, and it looks like it's going to lead to nuclear war. Because think about this. So Western nations first blow up the Nord Stream pipeline. And then uh, not too long after that, then Ukraine, with the help of the West, obviously, uh, blows up this, this bridge, the Crimean Bridge. And, oh, I, I forgot uh, – after the Nord Stream pipeline explosion, I think that's the correct timing, Russia had launched some missiles to take out uh, some some electrical power grid infrastructure at certain cities. I think – I hope I'm, I don't have the timing wrong on that, but that was, that was a couple of weeks ago. I'd have to go back and look at the exact day. So anyway, fast-forwarding, then Ukraine blows up the Crimean bridge, or at least a segment of it, and then Russia retaliates, which is the most recent thing that has happened with missile strikes on uh, dozens of targets across uh, Ukrainian cities. Now, note that this is a path to escalation because Russia could have launched many of those missiles with nuclear warheads. They simply chose not to. So they, they chose relatively small kinetic explosions, kind of precision munitions, you might say, 
instead of nuclear warheads. But they could have been nuclear, and they could have continued on past Western Ukraine. Russia could have very easily launched weapons that would have reached Germany or France or you know, Poland or wherever, the United Kingdom even. They could have. They just chose not to. So now we're in this escalation feedback loop, and the question is, what is the West going to do next? This is a huge question because you know it's coming, because you know these these lunatic uh, United States uh, State Department, like Victoria Newland and Blinken and, and others, th these are crazy, insane, psychotic people who are, by the way, matched by other psychotics across the European Union and, and the UK. They... They can't wait to ratchet this thing up because they're trying to start a nuclear war. So they're going to go bigger on the next attack. So what is that next attack going to be? What's it going to look like? I, I, I don't know, but it could be a, a massive missile attack on, let's say, a Russian military base inside Russia or something like that. Or it, it could be a battlefield nuclear artillery rounds or something used by NATO. Or actually, it could be a false flag of a nuclear missile striking somewhere in Ukraine that NATO launches so they can blame it on Russia and then use that to try to amp up the war. But no matter what this looks like, another round of escalation is coming. You can count on it. Another round is coming. And when that round happens, do you think that Russia is going to back down at that point? Do you think Russia is going to be intimidated at this point? The answer is no, there's not a chance. You, you think Medvedev is, is going to be intimidated? You think Putin's going to be intimidated? You think any of these people? No. They're just going to respond with greater and greater force. We are on a track of escalation that leads to World War III, that leads to what Steve Quayle was warning about, where Russia ends up launching nukes that attack major U.S. cities. Or, of course, the Russian you know, super-secret underwater Poseidon drone nuclear detonation system that can unleash the, the so-called radioactive tidal waves on the east coast or the west coast or anywhere they want to park those things even in the gulf of mexico come to think of it i just wonder if the the journal terrorist propagandists that is the professional liars that work for the new york times and the washington post and they all live on the East Coast, don't they? Or most of them. They live on the East Coast. And they're pushing this propaganda. And they're working for the CIA. And they're trying to escalate to nuclear war. Are they so stupid that they don't realize that they're going to be the ones who die in the nuclear attack? Have they not done the math on that? Folks, if you're living in New York City, or frankly anywhere on the East Coast, you're living in Connecticut, you're living in on, on the coast of Virginia, you, you know, you're living in D.C., you got a radioactive tidal wave probably in your near future if this thing stays on track for escalation. So all these, you know, again, so-called journalists, but they're propagandists, they're professional liars working for these media organizations. If they get what they're pushing for, if they take this to World War III, they're going to be turned to ash or, you know, heavily radiated to the point where their faces fall off. Talk about losing face. They're going to literally experience that if, if they get what they're pushing for. Do they have no sense of reality? You know, it's something weird about the arrogance of the West where they think that they're invincible somehow, that their propaganda will win wars, that all they have to do is push enough lies 
in the media, and that's going to change reality. No, it doesn't. And it doesn't stop radiation, by the way. It doesn't stop a tidal wave from the Poseidon. It doesn't stop an ICBM or a hypersonic missile. You know, reality is coming hard and fast for these people, and it's going to be something that blows their minds and uh, rips their faces off. Now, I put out a mini documentary on this. It's called the 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 oblivious masses, the or oblivious Americans. Uh, their delusions are collapsing. I put that out yesterday. It's a really good kind of short documentary, and it's closed captioned. By the way, if you know somebody who's hearing impaired, you can forward it to them. We are closed captioning all the many documentaries now for the hearing impaired because we get a lot of requests for that. So send this to those folks and, and, you know, spread this around, share this because, because the message is that so much of the West is rooted in just delusions and fairy tales, you know, fairy tales about the economy, about money printing and so on. It's kind of like, as I said yesterday, the gullible class of people in the gullible class who believe everything that they're told from, so-called authorities. And I added that list, by the way, but the gullible class is like people who took all the vaccines, people who don't prepare, people who are anti-preparedness, people who believe all the climate change lies, uh, people who believe in transgenderism, things like that. It's the gullible class. They believe all this nonsense and they believe America could not possibly be nuked. They think that America is going to win the war with propaganda and lies and they're wrong. And they're going to end up irradiated and suffering and dying miserable, horrible deaths. And a lot of them live right in the blast zone. It just makes you wonder, do they not understand that they're playing in the real world now? This isn't some silly simulation or video game where you can just lie your way through all this. You know, when the nukes start to fly or the tidal waves start to get detonated and so on, um, too late. Too late for you to apologize or come to your senses and realize you've been playing a very dangerous game of propaganda and disinformation. You know, the worst misinformation spreaders or super spreaders are the New York Times and the Washington Post. And they're both on the East Coast and they're both going to just be inundated with radioactive tsunami water. And all their people are going to die. And they took part in their own deaths. It's like a suicide cult of journo-terrorists and propagandists who have a death wish. It's just so weird that these people don't even realize that they're killing themselves. But I, what, what can you say? And, and by the way, these Western journalists, do they even realize that they're actually on the side of the Nazis? They are promoting the Nazis. It was just astonishing. There was a photo that was even posted yesterday of General Valery Zaluzny, the commander-in-chief of Ukraine's armed forces, he posted a photo to Twitter showing him wearing a swastika bracelet. Yeah, somebody zoomed in on it, and it was uh, a whole bunch of little swastika symbols on this bracelet. So once again, I mean, it's like every week, some other Zelensky soldier or security person is is photographed and they've got like swastikas on their uh, on their bodies or the tattoos or the vehicles or the tanks in the background there's swastikas all over the place these these people are bragging about being nazis and of course you know the western press of the new york times and washington post promotes all this and supports the nazis 
they they are 100% pro Nazi. And that story, by the way, is up on RT.com. If you want to look it up, the, here's the title: Ukrainian Army's Commander in Chief poses with swastika bracelet. There you go. And it was all on Twitter, and they've zoomed in and everything. <laughs> I guess. Hey, uh, a little clue to the Nazis in the Zelensky regime: if you post photos to Twitter wearing Nazi bracelets, don't make them so high resolution that people can zoom in and see the little swastikas. You gotta, you gotta hide your Nazism a little better. It seems <laughs> it's just, just unreal, man. These people are total Nazis. Now the uh, the Nazis, of course, hated the Jews, right? I mean, we all know that about history. And uh, speaking of Jews, there was something that came up today in the culture wars of uh, Kanye, you know, Kanye West, apparently, and I want to be careful about how I report this because the media can twist it all up and down and sideways and everything. But Kanye has, he's been banned on, on Facebook and Twitter and everywhere for saying that he was going to go to DEFCON 3, not, not DEFCON, by the way, D-E-F which I, I think that means defense condition. He said DEFCON, like like D-E-A-T-H, DEFCON 3 against the Jews, which, of course, set the Internet on fire, and everybody was like, ah, Kanye's at war with the Jews? It's like, I ain't saying she a gold digger, but she ain't hanging with no Jews? It's like, what? What? Um... So I don't know where that's coming from. I don't know why Kanye is talking about Jews all of a sudden. But I do notice there has been there's been a lot of like anti-Jew kind of stuff floating around lately for some reason that I don't even yet understand. But I'm not going to condemn this particular situation with Kanye until I understand the full context of what is happening. Because, again, the media can hype it up. And I, I want to hear a clarification <laughs> from from Kanye, is he really at war with Jews just because of Zuckerberg at, at Facebook? And if so, surely he realizes that Zuckerberg, who is an evil globalist, does not represent every Jewish person on the planet, obviously. So that's just a little freaky, a little culture war thing that's happening. And um, I guess we'll we'll have to stand by and find out what that really means. Now, in other culture war news, there was big breaking news on this today. A Democrat, Katie Hobbs, who's running for governor in Arizona against Carrie Lake, by the way, uh, somebody dug up her old high school yearbook. And I know that's that's a horrifying thought for all of us, isn't it? Like, what were you doing in high school? Uh, probably not anything you want all over the Internet right now, right? Am, am I right? Hmm? Well, uh, she was apparently, quote, embracing slavery in high school, where she led this um, slave day tradition, reportedly, uh, where it, it was supposed to mirror the African slave trade. And th there are photos in this yearbook of white people with other white people crawling on their knees who are leashed like a dog leash, and they're auctioning off... Uh, these students as if they are slaves owned by other students. And apparently Katie Hobbs was part of the student council because, you know, they like to get in control of government really early, right? Because they always want to control people. She got involved in this really early and ran this uh, slave day tradition. <laughs> yeah. And then there's a photo of her, by the way, also in partial blackface 
with some black ink on her face and nose and chin. And the caption says, quote, she just loves Slave Day. Again, this is Katie Hobbs, the Democrat running for governor of uh, Arizona. So it brings up a lot of questions, does it not? Uh, first of all, one question is, is it fair game to go back to people's high school yearbooks? Because they did that to Brett Kavanaugh, I think, and uh, that was pretty low. So I'm not sure. It seems like there should be, you know, kind of a an expiration date on stuff you did back in high school. I mean, just as a general principle, I'm not defending, obviously, Katie Hobbs here. That's some crazy stuff. But just hear me out. I'm going to argue both sides of this. On one hand, shouldn't high school be kind of off limits? Because, you know, come on. Uh, everybody did crazy stuff in high school. But then on the other hand, as much as you and I probably did crazy stuff in high school, I know, of course, I had my share of crazy stuff. It was high school. Um, but I never ran slave day. Uh, that, that would never have occurred to me. Never have occurred. And, and by the way, in this high school that she attended, which apparently was some kind of special high-priced Catholic high school, seems like all they had was white people. Because even the whites, the, the slaves were white people. Like they had to auction off white slaves. I guess that that's all they had was a bunch of white people. Well, when I went to high school, you know, I played sports and a whole lot of my best teammates were black folks, right? I mean, and thank God that's the only way we could win any track meets, it turns out, because we had a couple of really fast black dudes that would just smoke everybody. It was awesome. We loved them. <laughs> also, uh, on the football team, I was a wide receiver for one year, high school football. And, of course, we had plenty of black folks on the team. We're all teammates, you know. We, just, we all just we, – we play together. We train together. Trained in the summer and then played in the, you know, in the fall semester. And we're just teammates. None of us would have ever had an idea of, oh, let's have slave day. Like, what? What did you say? Are you kidding me? Even then, even when I was in high school in the 1980s, that would have been an unthinkable thing. So how did Katie Hobbs end up running Slave Day around the same time? I don't know what year this was, but let's see if we can find out. 87. Here it is. 1980. Yeah, it's around the same time. She was in high school when I was in high school. So she's running Slave Day? Surely somebody would have said to her, um, hey, Katie. That's a bad idea because, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, slavery was a bad thing. Why do you want to recreate it in your school as part of the city council? Why do you want to recreate that? Right? Because that's insane. So, again, on one hand, I'm thinking, well, shouldn't high school be off limits? On the other hand, I'm like, but it was slave day. That's crazy. Even in the 1980s, that's crazy. So, I don't know. What do you think? Do you think she's qualified to be governor of Arizona? Maybe. Maybe as governor, she can have a whole new slave day. <laughs> Except she enslave everybody because she's a Democrat. Democrats don't care if you're white or black or Latino. Just enslave everybody. Welcome to Arizona. You are now property of the state. You know, that that's probably what she would want to do. It's just one more reason to vote for Carrie Lake as if you needed any more reasons. This is just one more. But Slave Day, are you for real? Wow, so according to the news, they even had a senior class master's. 
that would enslave the freshmen, and then the freshmen would have to do embarrassing things like wearing weird hairdos and ugly outfits and carrying signs that are embarrassing and then performing embarrassing acts of servitude for the senior masters. Yeah, it sounds like a Democrat, doesn't it? Yeah, actually, she's perfectly qualified as a Democrat. So, so slave days mentioned four times in this yearbook, and then uh, some people were auctioned off for a few dollars to the freshman students. Um, they were paying for, quote, cruelties rendered during freshman initiation week on a day called Senior Slave Day. Yeah, this is all indoctrination for being a Democrat governor. I mean, what do you think Gruesome Newsom went through? What kind of training was he subjected to? It's probably way worse than that, but it's in some super secret society we're never going to hear about because they never published a yearbook, you know, because half the acts are illegal. So there you go. There's a look at the culture situation in America today. You got You got a black rapper saying he's at war with Jews, but the same guy also wore shirts a week ago that said white lives matter, which made all the black people mad at him. Now he's got the Jews mad at him. And then you got a white woman running for governor in Arizona, a state dominated by a Latino culture who believes that she's your masa and that you're going to be her slave because it's going to be slave day forever. So there, there, how's that for a picture, a little microcosm of America right there. <laughs> it's insane. Oh, yeah, and add in that the American taxpayers are funding a war in Ukraine that's being waged by Nazis that hate Jews. <laughs> well, and hate Russians now, too. It's just seriously, folks, seriously. And then the media reports that all the hate is coming from Christians. No, I don't think so. Have you checked out the Democrats lately? Huh? That's where the hate's coming from. Okay, and by the way, moving into the health and medicine category here. There's been uh, just an astonishing finding, a gold standard trial of tens of thousands of people uh, involving colonoscopies found that the colonoscopy procedure did not reduce any deaths from cancer whatsoever. So that whole thing, which and I've never had a colonoscopy because I kind of always knew this, but I, I hear other people say, oh, I can't eat tonight and I got to drink all this, what is it, propylene glycol. So that a doctor can shove this, uh, uh, what is it, uh, a microscope? No, what it's a, it's, I don't know, a visual device up your rectum to look for polyps that they want to snip off. And by the way, I, I I can tell you there are lots of people that I know who have died from bacteria that's been introduced into their colon through the colonoscopy. So for whatever reason, these hospitals aren't really cleaning this stuff, and they end up embedding C. diff or, you know, I don't know, MRSA superbugs into people's colons. It's like getting a colon superbug implant. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Right. Um, and then you die from the superbug. So, you know, if, if I don't have any tattoos, but if I were to get a tattoo, I would put it directly over my rectum with an arrow pointing down and a message that says uh, one way only. This is an exit, not an entrance. And that would be a message to doctors. Uh, you, you don't shove things up there. This is not your imaging kaleidoscope you know, experiment. Sorry, this is a one-way ticket here. If you want to hang out down there while there's some one-way action, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, 
you know, good luck. Uh, great. You can, you can take a stool sample at that time and go play with that, whatever you want to do in your little hospital lab or something. But you're not shoving anything up there. And it turns out I was right the whole time. There's no reduction in deaths whatsoever. And this was published in a major medical journal, by the way. And the, the whole thing, the whole thing was, uh, basically fraud. A landmark study is being called the first randomized trial showing outcomes of exposing people to colonoscopy. And let's see. You have a gastroenterologist at the University of California saying that, quote, maybe colonoscopy isn't as good as we always thought it is after looking at the new data. But this study was carried out by Brett Hauer of the University of Oslo and Oslo University Hospital. It's been 10 years for this trial. They recruited 80,000 people age 55 to 64, in Poland, Norway, and Sweden. They tested the colonoscopies to see if they reduced any risk of death. Uh, there was a, quote, 18% reduction in the risk of being diagnosed with colon cancer, but 0% risk in uh, risk reduction in actually dying from colon cancer. So basically, colonoscopies result in mass overdiagnosis, and it has zero benefit. Zero benefit to you, I should say. Uh, plenty of benefit for the hospital that gets to earn all the money for you know, shoving scopes up people's rectums. And they also get to make money for you know snipping the polyps and whatever else. And then they make money for the cancer treatments and so on. But there's zero benefit to the patients, which is pretty much standard fare for modern medicine. It's all about overdiagnosis and overimaging. And, you know, false diagnosis in many cases. Well, you might have cancer. We better snip it off or you're going to die in six months. They're making it up most of the time. Folks, if you're worried about the health of your colon, it's really simple. Eat more aloe vera gel. Eat more raw foods, more fresh foods. Do some sprouting. Grow some fresh, you know, have some enzymes. Take care of the food that you put into your mouth because it's going to end up in your colon. Sooner or later, trust me. Just bring in more fresh green, you know, chlorophyll and just fresh juice and smoothies and good stuff. Good stuff on the front end, and you're going to have better, cleaner stuff on the back end. It's true. You know, I, I drink turmeric every day in my smoothies. And when I visit the dentist, by the way, you know, for like routine teeth cleaning and stuff like that, Whenever I have a new dentist, I'm always freaking out. He's like, your tongue is orange, man. It's like, uh, these fillings are orange. Yeah, yeah. I drink turmeric every day. I don't mind having orange fillings in the back of my mouth because I have all the benefits of turmeric, you know, all the anti-inflammation and all the anti-cancer benefits from having this amazing spice in my diet. And I would imagine that if there's a doctor, if I were to submit to a colonoscopy, they would shove the scope up there and it's like, it's all orange, man. Yeah, yeah, because I've been pooping turmeric for 10 years, okay? So that's why it's orange. This is, And I did this for your amusement, too. I wanted you to have an orange kaleidoscope experience in my colon. And I hope you're enjoying that. Um, I think you should give me this colonoscopy for free just for the entertainment value alone. I bet you you're going to take pictures and publish this in a medical journal. The world's first orange colonoscopy, courtesy of the Health Ranger. But there's no cancer in here. No cancer, just lots of orange. Gee, I wonder why. It's not a coincidence. Because <laughs> turmeric's good for you all the way through. You know, they say orange man, bad, but orange colon, good. 
Thumbs up. There you go. And then here's some other crazy piece of news, even crazier than that. The city of St. Louis is going to sue car makers Hyundai and Kia because their cars, apparently the ones made before, I think, 2021, are easy to steal. And most of the car thefts happening in St. Louis are people stealing Hyundais and Kias. And for some reason, the city of St. Louis, of course, mostly Democrats, have decided to sue the car companies for having stealable cars. <laughs> Can you believe that? Now, isn't it interesting that St. Louis is all concerned about stolen cars, but not about stolen elections, huh? If they're going to sue anybody, they should be suing their own ballot counters for having stealable elections. But they only care about thefts of cars for some reason. But isn't, isn't car theft isn't that a self-resolving problem? Because if all the Hyundais and Kias can be easily stolen, and that's what's being stolen, then at some point, aren't they all stolen? Don't you have uh, dwindling numbers of these cars in the city if, if there's a, you know, a Kia theft ring? taking place. And, and by the way, how desperate do you have to be as a thief to run around stealing Kias? It's like, of all the cars we want to steal, let's, let's steal the ones that have the least features and the, the, the most annoying ergonomics. It's like, uh, and then also, won't people stop buying Kias and Hyundais, especially in the stealable years, if they're stealable? So I think this is a self-resolving problem, by the way. I don't know why the city thinks they have to get involved in this you know, maybe you shouldn't be anti-police in the first place. Maybe the problem is that you defunded too many police and the thieves are just doing what comes natural to them, stealing the easiest cars to steal. <laughs> but again, it's nothing compared to election theft. Oh, I forgot to mention, by the way, that colonoscopy trial is called a gold standard in clinical trials. You know why I find that funny? Because I'm the gold standard, because turmeric is golden colors. <laughs> yeah, I'm the gold standard. I've got more turmeric in my digestive tract than most people have ever eaten in their entire lives. Okay, I talk about gold standard for colonoscopies right there. Boom, nailed it. All right, now with that said, we're going to jump into the interview here in a second. Let me just give credit to our sponsor, which is the Treasure Island Precious Metals and Coins Company. And you can reach them at metalswithmike.com. And they do have gold and silver available. I mean, they have I mean, some coins you have to wait for, like the Buffaloes. They're incoming in a little over a month. But other coins they have right now, by the way, if you want to get something immediately, they have that. Just reach them, metalswithmike.com. And no, there's, there's no discount code. There never has been with precious metals. And it just depends on the spot price of the day. And they have a certain dollar amount over spot price for the certain coins while they have supplies. But inventory is going very quickly. If you call around even look around to try to find silver coins. They're just sold out almost everywhere. Uh, but Treasure Island's got some. They're one of the largest movers of precious metals in North America, by the way, and they do a great job for our audience. Again, metalswithmike.com. I want to thank them for supporting Brighteon. All right, let's bring in uh, Ben Armstrong with whatever he's going to share with us about uh, End Times Book of Revelation Mystery Babylon, and so much more. Here we go. All right, welcome, folks. This is Mike Adams, the founder of Brighton, and I am just thrilled to bring you an interview with Mr. Ben Armstrong. He's an extraordinary individual. 
He's with The New American, and he also has a show on brighteonradio.com, which is a network you need to check out. You know, we've got brighteon.tv and brighteonradio.com. He's on five days a week, 3.30 Eastern, Monday through Friday, right after my show on the network. And Ben Armstrong is joining us today to talk about something that will blow your mind. It's the book of Revelation and what it has to do with America and our world and where things are going. Ben Armstrong, sir, it's an honor to have you on. I'm a great fan of your work. Thank you for joining me. Thank you so much, Mike, for having me on. I'm really excited about this show. Well, I'm super excited to have you on. And you you kind of teased this with me privately a few weeks back. And you're like, you got to hear this. So go ahead. Lay it out for us. Where do you want to start? Okay. I am going to show everybody something that I have been studying for years and years and years. And I, I am one of the foremost experts. I'm not trying to be cocky or anything. I just am because not that many people study what is Mystery Babylon in the Bible and haven't done it for almost two decades. So I have. And so, uh, but everything is jumping out. We're living near the end times. I think everyone feels that. And do you think the Christians who were living 300 years ago would have a better understanding of Revelation than the people who live through the book of Revelation? No. Well, of course not. It's, it's going to, things are going to happen differently than we even expected. But um, I'm going to show you where America is in the Bible, and I have become one. I can't believe I'm saying this, folks. You, you don't know. Just a few years ago, I would have never said I was 100%. I'm 100% convinced that America is Mystery Babylon. Now, I know there's going to be naysayers out there that, and people that study their Bible. I want you to get in your head. I am not attacking anyone. I will not be attacking other people's teachings. What you have learned, I am just adding on. I just want you to have that attitude of I'm adding on to your knowledge. That's all I'm doing. So if you have boxing gloves ready to fight, I'm sorry to disappoint you. I'm just going to be adding on to your knowledge. I'm not going to be fighting or tearing anybody down. So, okay. Well, wait, before you continue then, so you're going to lay out your reasoning and your argument for why Mystery Babylon represents America. Yes. And what this means is that then, you know, because I've always thought America was not represented in the Bible, which I mm -hmm. think is the more conventional view. But what you're saying is that I assume you're going to show us the signs of what's happening right now, things that we're experiencing right now that tie this together, which means America does it is mentioned and, and there is a role in the end times that I assume you're going to kind of lay out for us. Is that about right or it, it, am I messing yes, that up? Absolutely. Although I don't think Americans are going to be happy with what happens to this mystery Babylon. Well, so, Ben, Americans are never happy. <laughs> about anything so don't worry don't don't worry you are free to offend in this episode right here we can we can even call it free to offend and those who are offended are free to listen more than once until you are no longer offended <laughs> all right yes and and don't believe me i know that sounds weird i don't want people to believe me go look this up chapter 17 of revelation and chapter 18 yourself but once you've got this outline You'll have a better understanding. So first, okay. chapter 17 starts and, and talks about, and I'm just going to go to verse 12, but I'm not going to give the verses. I'm just going to explain to you what it's talking about. The ten horns and the beast of the seven-headed beast. I am not going to be dealing with that. It's talking about that, and I, I'm dealing with Mystery Babylon, who is the harlot, a woman who is riding this beast. And so a lot of people get confused, and they start arguing, oh, no, no that's not true about mystery Babylon because, and then they'll, they'll point to the seven-headed beast. I want people to understand I'm not 
we're not dealing technically with the seven-headed beast, but the seven-headed beast with the ten horns gives us timing in what I'm about to tell you. The ten horns have not yet received their kingdom, okay? They haven't received their kingdom. That is clear. What does that mean? That means this happens before the tribulation. The one world government has not yet been officially formed. So now we have a timing event. Now we know, okay, we're dealing with something that happens actually pre-tribulation. This is found in chapter 17 and 18 near the back of Revelation. So people assume, oh, this happens at the end. Nope, this happens at the beginning. Actually, probably before the tribulation ever even begins. Very important to know that. The ten horns will make Mystery Babylon barren and desolate. So this, th these ten horns, they haven't received their kingdom. They are secretly plotting to make this Mystery Babylon, this harlot who is riding this beast, barren and desolate. That's what chapter 17 is basically showing you and is setting it up. And so it's, it's showing you that there's this mystery woman riding this beast, but she's hated by the beast. The beast hates her. She thinks she's friends with the beast. She wouldn't be riding if she didn't think she was friends. She's going along with this beast, not realizing that they're plotting her destruction. Are we seeing that with the globalists right now in America? Well, we are. But th I know that's not enough. That's, that, that doesn't blow someone away because that could be so general. Oh, this is going to build and build and build. You watch, folks. Now, Revelation 18. I'm going to jump to there because that's where we really get into who is this mystery Babylon. Uh, and it's going to focus on the, the great city mystery Babylon, which I believe is New York. I'm going to throw that out there right now, and I'm not the only one. There are tons of people that, that believe this. All right. Mystery Babylon is the economic hub of the world, the economic hub of the world at the end times. Let me ask people this, and I'll ask you, Mike. Do you believe we're nearing the end times in the tribulation period? Yes. Who is the economic hub of the world at this period of time? Well, I, I suppose you could argue New York or maybe Shanghai with sure. exports. Sure, I mean, you could make the argument maybe China. You could, but I'll show you why. But America has been the economic hub of the world. Yes, For clearly. one world government to form, we have to, you, you have to understand that whoever's in power has to fall. That's just obvious. That's just how the world works. If someone's in power and this one world government wants to rise up, they're going to have to bring down whoever that is in power. And we're seeing the globalists wanting right. to bring down America. Okay, That's right. so this is the this mystery Babylon is the economic hub of the world at the end time, right before the one world government is formed. That's what the Bible says. And, and most pastors would never even argue to say, no, that's wrong. They would say, yes, that's right. It, here's some really key clues. Now, 18 gives you all sorts of clues as to who this is. It, this country, not only is the economic hub of the world, it imports more than it exports. Bye-bye, China, because that ain't true about China. Wait, which, that, which that verse is, refers to that? Uh, it is talking about how it is importing all the world's goods, and the world is getting wealthy. I, I don't have the exact verse. It's 18 one of those between 1 and 23 where it's and it, it's going through all the importing okay. and the world is getting wealthy by its imports and it's not it's not talking about it getting wealthy by exporting it's talking about that it's buying up all the world's goods in revelation 18 buying up all the world's goods and the world gets wealthy from this mystery babylon the world is still getting wealthy now here's the question how can you be buying up all the world's goods 
and still be getting wealthy. In all of world history, you got to export more than you import. So no one has ever fulfilled this in the history of the world except for America. America, because we're based on the dollar system, basically we can print our own gold. Therefore, we can import more than we export and still be the wealthiest country in the world because we're based on the dollar system. So when you look at this this country, you have to it's it's clues like this. The Bible is clear it's importing everything, it's buying and the world is obtaining wealth, but this this country isn't losing its wealth by buying up all the goods. So it's importing more than it's exporting. Okay. Okay, now, it's a seaport city. We know this because the merchants of the earth are there. Yes. And 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 when it gets destroyed, they are sitting on their ships saying, "Woe's me, whoa, the great city. Okay, so for people who are looking at, well, is it Rome? No, Rome's not a seaport city. It's called Mystery Babylon. Is it the original Babylon? No, it cannot be the original Babylon. That is, again, in the desert. It is not a seaport city. New York does seem to fit this. But for those of you who are doubting and saying that's not enough, here's what's interesting. I'm saying New York, but also America is Mystery Babylon. Mainly New York, but America fits it all, too. So the, the, the sea captains are saying that in one hour, the great wealth has been brought to ruin. In one hour. One hour. Yes. I have not even gotten to that part Okay, yet. so that's a sudden <laughs> event. Okay. Well, yes, I'm about to get there. Okay, but I sorry. Wanted, uh, here's a side note. America not only fulfills this mystery Babylon, it fulfills Babylon, ancient Babylon, literally. And this blew me away when I found this out. There is, because of the Iraq War, Fortress America. Original Babylon is in Iraq. We built Fortress America, which is the, the largest embassy in the world. It is huge. It's still there. They named it an embassy. And, what, and I didn't realize the significance. And then I realized, wait a minute, because it's an embassy, that means it's American soil. And it's built right where ancient Babylon was. So oh, we yeah. literally own the ancient Babylon land. Secondly, there's only been one place that has been named Babylon since the destruction of Babylon. And you know where that is? No. Oh. New York City. You could Google it right now. Babylon, New York. It's right in the middle of Long Island. Really? Uh, uh, off the coast, right on the coast. Babylon, huh. New York. You can type that in and it'll pop up. Okay. So, so, and that's, that also fulfills, oh my gosh, it's like jumping out. Is New York Babylon? Maybe. So yes, it's destruction happens in one hour, one hour. So from beginning to end, this is a surprise attack is what I believe this one hour is talking about. So what you should be looking for is, is you have the economic hub of the world and it receives a surprise attack. It thinks things are fine. It, it thinks it's riding this governmental beast system, this one world government beast. That's the ten horde and uh, uh, seven head beast, ten horns. It's riding that. It thinks it's with it. They're the ones that are actually going to betray this woman, this harlot, and destroy her. And it says that they'll do it in one hour. That is significant. That It's clearly a surprise attack. Okay? Now, let me jump down to Revelation 18.23, Mike. Okay. You can take a look at this. Here's one of the biggest clues of all time of who this mystery of Babylon is. The light of the lamp will not shine in you any longer. It's talking about that. You could, you could say that that's the Statue of Liberty, but I always believe prophecy has more than one meaning. This also is talking about Christianity as well. But you could say that's even the Statue of Liberty. 
And then it says, the voice of the bride and the bridegroom will not be heard in you any longer. Now, understand, there's no mistaking this. The voice of the bride and the bridegroom, that's the church and Christ. And it's, the Bible is telling you this mystery of Babylon was a Christian nation. This is unmistakable. It is the, a Christian nation. So now let's look at the facts that I've laid out here. It is a Christian nation, but it's the wealthiest nation at the end times. The wealthiest nation on earth. It's importing more than it's exporting. The whole world gets its wealth from it. And it is the Christian nation. It, it can't be a Muslim nation. It can't be China. It can't be anything but some sort of Christian nation that has fallen. And when it falls, it's also saying fallen, fallen. There's a double fall. I don't know if that means there's an economic fall and then a surprise attack or the spiritual fall and then the surprise attack. I lean towards spiritual, and I think we've already had that. I think we're all aware it feels like the demons are running rampant in America today. It feels like it. And Mystery Babylon is filled with demons spiritually. That is not found in Revelation 18. That is found in Jeremiah 50 and 51. You can look at and other areas of the Bible that deal with this, but ben, I, I can't ben, expand into that. And also, wasn't wasn't New York one of the first states or the very first state to attack the sanctity of Christian marriage? Also, I mean, you think about the bridegroom and and, and bride. Then yes, right. And, I mean, and, and, and then and, you think about Ground Zero. And like again, yes. if this is God, and this is in the Bible. Ground Zero is where America was dedicated by George Washington, that church that was right across from the Twin Towers. George Washington took Congress in there and dedicated America to God there. And so, of course, that would be at our founding. That is the focal point. That would make sense why it would be the focal point at our destruction, why God would focus on New York at our destruction. Wasn't there also a point where a building in New York City was lit up in – pink or blood red to celebrate uh, a new law on abortion that I think allowed for post-birth abortions and the, all the, the New York lawmakers celebrated. Does that ring a bell? That does ring a bell. I don't know. Did, was that the Empire State Building? I'm not sure. I, I, they, I, I do have I don't a big memory of them which doing building that. it was, but I know it was lit up in the blood, the, the, the color of the blood of the unborn child. Yes. And it was right after they passed that uh, basically child murder law. Now I'm going to give you something that's going to really blow you away. That's something that we couldn't have fully understood until two years ago. But because we have lived it, now this verse makes so much more sense. Okay? And that is, we're talking about how at, at the end of Revelation 18, the end of verse 23, it's talking about how this mystery Babylon has deceived the world with its sorcery. But here's yes. what's interesting. The word sorcery is pharmakia. And that's the original word. And we translated it to sorcery because I think they were just thinking uh, that doesn't fully make sense that it would be the what, pharmakia. But, but no, when you read eight, then it goes into 18 verse 24. And then the blood of the prophets and the saints and all, oh all who have been slain on oh the my earth is right after that. So it's telling you that it deceived the world with its pharmacia and the blood of the prophets and saints and all who were slain on the earth, all who were slain. The whole world is going to be slain by, their, by Mystery Babylon's 
pharmaceutical companies. That's what Revelation has said for thousands of years. Which is vaccines, vaccines and big pharma. Yes, it's been fulfilled. Now, what 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 pastors used to think that the 1824 was was figurative. Uh, It must be talking about the system of Babylon for the whole world who have been slain through this sorcery or pharmacia. It's talking about world history. But now, since we've lived through the last two years, note the Bible usually is more literal than we think. It's not talking figuratively. It's saying that this mystery Babylon is going to be a Christian nation, the richest Christian nation to ever exist. It will have a moral fall, and its pharmacies will poison the earth and kill people all around the world. And here's the scary thing. That is the last thing it says about Mystery Babylon. It ends there. But but hold on, then. The last thing to happen before its destruction, its one-hour destruction. Right. Going back to the one-hour destruction, then, there's a passage where the sailors, they talk about they see the smoke of the city burning. Yes. Very specific. So there is a kinetic attack uh, it, or some right, some kind of war that, that happens to bring the city down finally. Yes. It seems. And, and it seems like it will be nuclear war. And, and here's something even more interesting. There's an angel that throws a great millstone, and it says the sea – will cover this, and I think this is specifically talking New York specifically, not necessarily the entire continent, but will be covered by the sea and wiped out and will no longer exist. And, and pastors have always studied that and thought, and I've, I, used, I always thought this too, that that great millstone is an asteroid, and there must be a surprise attack. And then, I don't know how long after the surprise attack, it may be days, it may be weeks, I don't know, it could be a year. I don't know, but there, there's some. There's another major event, a great millstone. It could be the very next day or the same day. I have no idea when this happens. Well, but I think it happens pretty close. So I think it's, you know, within a few days of the one-hour destruction, then a great millstone is in the water, covers New York City. What did well, Russia say they have? Yeah, they have I was a just going to say. Yep. torpedo that can create a tsunami. Now, if you're writing something way back, thousands of years ago, you can't describe the Poseidon nuclear torpedo. So you might call it a great millstone. It's something that is big and heavy that causes a massive tidal wave, a tsunami, to destroy this mystery Babylon, which I think would be New York City. So, And we now see that Russia has that. And this stuff has all been revealed within the last two years. Right. So so these verses wouldn't have made sense and, no. until we got the knowledge of recent times to be able to apply to it. But uh, you're exactly right. I was just thinking about the Poseidon. And folks, I mean, our audience, I think, is very familiar with it. But folks, that, that Poseidon, it's an underwater, unmanned, uh, undersea drone with a nuclear warhead that can be remote detonated to cause a massive radioactive tidal wave to inundate coastal cities. And... You know, officially they say it only has a two megaton warhead, which is still very large, uh, much larger than Hiroshima. But uh, my sources say it can carry a 100 megaton warhead, which would permanently destroy most of the East Coast of the United States. Let me ask you, Mike, do you feel blown away? Uh, Yeah, I'm going to have to go through and read this again now. (laughs) I got more for you. Okay. I got more. I'm going to blow you away a little bit more. Okay. So I was looking at this, and I needed more confirmation about the destruction 
And for years I have studied this, and I'm like, I wish God would just reveal to me when, because I, I would like to know when this is going to happen, because I live in America. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, I, I I was looking, and the, uh, finally I got the understanding of the, the seven-head beast, ten horns, that this is something that happens before the tribulation. There's something else that backs up. Revelation 14. Revelation 14, starting at verse 6. Anyone can look this up. There are three angels that fly by. It's kind of just sitting there. This is clearly just there to give you a timing of what is happening in Revelation. The first angel that flies by, basically, I'm just going to sum this up, says the gospel will be preached throughout the earth. The second angel that flies by says, fallen, fallen is Babylon the great. The third angel that flies by warns about not taking the mark of the beast. And I read that so many times in my life, never understanding, holy cow, it was right there, right in front of me. It's right there. It's telling you between the gospel being preached throughout the earth, which I believe is already fulfilled. That's happened. And the mark of the beast system being set up. That's when this mystery Babylon falls. That window is absolutely right now. We are right in that danger zone. But now let me blow you away even more. So then I realized that if this is Babylon, uh, mystery Babylon. It is a picture of the original Babylon. And God gave the original Babylon. It existed more than 70 years, but he gave it a 70-year time period to rule before its destruction. And I thought, well, if this is a parallel, then America must have a 70-year time frame. And I kept looking at, like, we became a superpower in 1948. And I, I had been doing this for years. So 70 years from 1948. No, it, it never really worked out. And I said, well, wait a minute. I'm living the book of Revelation, I believe we're in that window. Why don't I, since we're at this point and we feel it's really near, why don't I just go back, backwards 70 years from this point? And uh, see it took what us I off the gold standard. That's not what I found. Oh, I found okay. Well, that was just that what I was thinking. Okay. 1952. So I said, okay, 2022. Let me go back to 1952. All I did was just do Google America 1952 Wikipedia. I just use Wikipedia. I scrolled down. I'm not seeing anything because I'm looking for something that would pop out at me. And then it hit me October 14th. It said the United Nations opens its doors in New York City. Oh, 1952, October 14th. And I thought, oh, spiritually, that would be the moment because New York existed way more than 70 years. When did God view New York City as mystery Babylon? That's what I should have been looking for. When would God say, New York, you are now mystery Babylon? When the U.N. opened its doors oh, and wow. we have not hit the 70-year mark, Mark, uh, the 70-year mark is just a couple days away. October 14th. Sometimes God does things right on the day. I'm not saying he's going to. I'm saying that we have the seven year from October all the way to October 23 is a 70 is the 70th year danger year for us to be destroyed. But God could decide it. He could say on day one, I'm having this happen. So October 14th is day one. Wow. Okay, and yeah, uh, my mistake, uh, uh, I was talking 50 years earlier. That's <laughs> on the gold standard thing. But yeah, 70 years earlier would have to be 52. Then factor in that the beast statue that they built right in front of where? The U.N. building in New York City. Did you see that news report where they put the, they call it the Daniel Beast statue? Oh, yes, it has the, the head 
Like, what is that, that like a last lion? year? Yeah, right. What is it's a multi? It's a chimeric creature. Yes, and and they and I don't think they did this on purpose. I think God did this so people like me can see it and go, "Holy cow!" That's right in front of the UN building in New York. It's screaming at True. you. True. Yeah. So those things blow you away. Now, folks, get this outline. Read Revelation. Go back and listen to the show, and then and skim through Revelation. And I believe, Mike, that's what you were doing while I was doing this. So it, it really helps pop this out at you, and then you can graduate to Jeremiah 50 and 51. I don't have time because th- those are huge chapters, but that is about daughter Babylon, which most people who understand that America is mystery Babylon believe that is also talking about mystery Babylon. In there, you get the specifics of who attacks you. So we know it's going to be Iran and the king of the north, which is going to be Russia. So I've always known that it's going to be Russia that's going to do this along with Iran. And then others, others, and I don't know who the others were, but the kings of the Medes, Medes and Persians, the kings of the Medes will be part of this. So there's going to be a plot. They're the ones that do that. Jeremiah 5051 tells you that this mystery Babylon, it doesn't call it mystery Babylon, it calls it daughter Babylon, but she will be overrun by foreigners that God will punish it and have it be overrun by foreigners, from, and there will be just violence in the streets, which we're seeing the massive rise of violence, and we're seeing that we're overrun by foreigners. But I can't go through Jeremiah 50, 51. First, get your understanding of Revelation 17 and 18. Understand I'm adding to your knowledge. Don't worry about that you've been taught other things. I'm just adding on. I'm not discounting what you've been taught. This is just this is a separate understanding. I want people to understand about biblical prophecy, the reason why people fight so much. Before something's fulfilled, people don't realize that biblical prophecy has multiple meanings. So I want you to go to a prophecy that's been fulfilled and see how people used to fight over it. And you'll see why people fight nowadays over things. And it's kind of ridiculous that we do. Instead of realizing, because I'm right about something doesn't mean the other person's wrong. But a lot of times our attitude is, well, I'm right, so that person's wrong. Now think about a prophecy about Jesus. They would have been sitting around arguing. He's going to be a Nazarene. No, he's going to come from Bethlehem. No, it says it, the, it's, he's going to come out of Egypt. And they would have fought over that. <laughs> I'm right. No, you're wrong. I'm, and they didn't realize they're all right. right. It was all fulfilled. And this is what happens with future prophecy. So when you're looking at Revelation, you're going to see pastors fighting or people debating. It says this about this. Well, it says this about that. And then they blah, blah, blah. And I always have to come in here and say, hey, hey, guys, you might Let's look at if the Bible supports it, add on to it. So what I just gave everybody, I'm not fighting you. I'm adding on. It doesn't take away what you may already know. Okay, look, can, can I ask you some questions? Yes, I would love it. Okay, so in chapter 17, the woman on the beast, what what does the woman represent again? Well, see, this, is, this comes into the multiple prophecy. The woman does represent the mystery Babylon, the great city, which would be New York City or okay. America. The but mother of also, prostitutes, she, by the way, yes. She also represents religion. Uh, and some would say a harlot who whores themselves out. So a religion, it, some would say the Catholic Church it represents. I think it represents all of Christianity as a whole because I don't think, I, I, I think it's kind of picking on the Catholic Church when people do this. But I think the entire church is kind of hoard itself out to the entire world so oh, clearly she's, yeah. she's, she's dressed in purple so that shows that she's royal but it, it can also mean that this christian nation because remember we've proven that mystery babylon is a christian nation so she's representing a christian church uh she but she's also representing a great city 
the city of New York. But it used to be this wonderful, God had raised her up, but she whored herself out to the world. And is that not America? Have we not hoard ourselves out to the world? We worship at the altar of money, not at the altar of God. That's what Americans do. Okay. Okay. Now, the, the, the beast, which has seven heads and ten horns, right? Yes. Now, if you were to visualize ten horns, just saying, it, it would, in my mind, it looks kind of like a spike protein. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I don't know. I wouldn't go there. I'll go with what most teach a lot of them get into the like revived roman empire this is why i'm saying i'm not battling i'm not focusing on who even the the beast and the ten horns are it's the one world government so i I say picture this that it is the one world government that forms the ten horns do not have the crown they receive their crown after the destruction of this mystery babylon so you're not going to know who they specifically are until this destruction happens uh, uh, let me give you something really interesting. That but, this isn't well, biblical. Okay, but isn't it interesting? I mean, they receive a crown. That's the corona, right? Maybe there's you, a. You, hey, I'm not going to discount you. Maybe I don't there's know. a maybe link. I don't know things that I've that I've not seen. Okay, <laughs> I'm just asking questions. I'm shooting in the dark, but you go ahead. Oh, I didn't see that. Uh, here's something that's non-biblical. That the way I I see this all playing out. Now that I've laid it out. I'm a, a political talk show host, and I, I follow the news. And what I see playing out is Iran and Russia. Russia is going to be hesitant to nuke us, but they, they keep threatening, and Putin will eventually. But they're going to partner with Iran. Iran, I believe, already has nuclear weapons. I, I believe North Korea, when they tested the nuclear weapons, they were testing it for Iran. And so, and they partnered, and they both have nuclear weapons. So, and, and they've touted. They've actually said they have nuclear weapons now. So I believe they do. I think Putin is very soon going to be supposed to be pulling the trigger in a surprise attack on us, and I think he's going to hesitate. This is just me, politically thinking, because he's going to be afraid of retaliation, which I don't think we're even – the Bible doesn't seem to say that we'll have a retaliation. But it's interesting from my political standpoint. I still think I know what will happen. So Iran isn't going to hesitate. They're radical, fanatical. They're, they're doing it for a religious belief. So they will set off a dirty bomb as the first thing to go off in New York City. As soon as that happens, because they're going to get mad that Putin might be hesitating, and they're going to force his hand. Putin can't hesitate now. Within five minutes of something like that happening, Putin knows he'll be blamed anyways. He's got to go all in. Boom, 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 boom. And from the first bomb to the last bomb will be a one-hour period. And I think it will be exact, because the Bible usually is. So uh, so I think then it will be an all-out boom, 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 boom. In Jeremiah 50 and 51, it says that uh, the leader of this nation, that there, his hands will, will be limp. He'll do nothing. That sounds like Joe Biden to me. Um, yeah. But I don't know. But I don't think Joe Biden would respond. But even if it's not Biden, even if this is something that happens years from now, I don't think the American leader responds. I don't think they know who hit them. And they don't know who to respond to. Now, what's the aftermath of this? America's gone. It's no longer a power player. The globalists can build their one world government. But immediately you're going to have war break out. China is going to take Taiwan. You're going to have North Korea bomb Japan probably with nuclear weapons. You're going to have North Korea hit South Korea because there's no America anymore. All hell will break loose. Yes. Uh, And so when that happens, that gives purpose for the Antichrist to rise in the one world government. He is able to bring the peace. This is why people, the Bible says, will be craving peace, peace. They finally are so excited that this Antichrist brings peace. 
I think Russia will owe Iran because they partnered. Iran wants to destroy America for what purpose? To go after Israel. So they're going to force Russia, and this is probably the Gog-Magog war that the Bible talks about, where the king of the north comes after Israel. Israel and I mean, Iran and Russia will then go after Israel, but God will supernaturally protect Israel, and Russia is going to get wiped out. And so you're going to have America get wiped out, then there's going to be a period of time, I don't know, and then there's going to be an attack. Now, this is all before the tribulation, I think. I think this is, all, this is what allows the one world government to form, uh, and then the Antichrist steps in. The Antichrist steps in, and I was just thinking this, this makes so much sense because the Bible says in Armageddon, it used to bother me as a kid, that in Armageddon, they're on horses. They're on horses, all coming after Israel at the end when Jesus returns. And it says the blood will be up to the bridle of, of the horse's bridle. And I always thought, I think I take that literal. I don't think that's figurative. Why are they on horses? But now I'm thinking nuclear war makes perfect sense that they'd be on horses. The Antichrist rises up. A, your, your oil supplies are all smashed. You're going, you're already, for the environmentalist people, saying that that uh, crude oil and, and um, fossil fuels are bad anyways. They're already saying this. They will force everyone on only electric power because that will still give them their power. And they will say, see, if we don't have fossil fuels, we can never have a nuclear war again. We're going to have a one-world government. We're going to have a one-world religion. We're going to have no fossil fuels Therefore, no one could ever nuke people ever again anyways. So the fossil fuels will be gone, but they have to have electricity be the power. So then only the rich will have electric cars, but they'll have to obey because they can shut their electric cars down at a whim. And they can still implement the, bar the mark of the beast system through electronics, through computers, through checking out. So everything will be electronics, but they will get rid of fossil fuels. Therefore, tanks and planes will now be irrelevant, and people will have a false sense of peace and think, well, see, now there can't be a war. And then when the Antichrist reveals himself halfway through, then they finally come at Israel during Armageddon. They're, they don't have tanks and planes to come after Israel. They're on a horse, and it's, that's what it says. And I, I can totally see now that's exactly how it will play out. Okay, whoa. But e even without fossil fuels, they can still build rockets. I mean, we're talking about just the chemistry of rocket fuel. I mean, that, I that think they're going to get rid of all fossil fuels like gasoline, so you won't have diesel. Like, you can't power – you're not going to have jet fuel, so you're not going to have jets. I know, but you, you can you still build tanks. rockets. You know, it's just, they uh, might have rockets or missiles. and whatever. Weapons. I, I, I'm just saying I, I think it's amazing to me that they're on horses. And yeah. I've always wondered what the heck happens that they're all on horses. And what it's usually been explained away that you know, the Bible is being figurative. Sure. And it's just it's just being figurative. But after I have watched how they thought that uh, this pharmacia was figurative and this mystery Babylon killing people all across the entire world was figurative, but it's not. It's literal. I'm I'm looking at it now saying what how could this play out if it's literal? If they're literally on horses how would that happen? I think they will end fossil fuels because they want to end fossil fuels for power and control, which you know. Yes. If everyone's on electric cars, plus China is a, the dragon symbol. The dragon is going to give its power and authority over to this global government. So what will the dragon want? The dragon also represents Satan. I understand people don't get mad, but there's multiple meanings here. China, the dragon, 
will want, because they're the ones that have the minerals, to build electricity. They'll have full control if everything is electric-powered. They'll have taken Taiwan. They'll have full control over the microchips. They'll have full control. They'll have ultimate power if everything's electronic. We've seen California and New York already announced they're going to ban combustion engine new cars by 2035. That seems really far away, though, from from where things are looking right now. If we're in the end times, you know, <laughs> do we even make it to 2035? But at least we see this shift away from even even natural gas. You you can't have natural gas appliances in California starting soon. I think next year, everything has to be electric. Just like you said, then they can control the kilowatt hours. They can limit it based on your social credit score, for example. And you know how they never let a crisis go to waste. So if there is a nuclear war that breaks out around the world, and America doesn't even really respond, but you'll still have nuclear war breaking out in other areas of the world after America is destroyed, they will not let that crisis go to waste. Right. They will say, okay, see, we can't let this ever happen ever again. And they're going to look for ways to limit, but... In that limitation, it's really about so we can completely and utterly control. But the people will be willing. They'll say, yeah, but they're right because look what happened. We had a massive nuclear war, not realizing that these very same globalists are the ones who are causing it. Who is poking Russia to blow up America right now? Yeah, it's America. Right, sure. Yeah, well, the globalists well, within the, America the and the Biden yeah, administration. The that's, right. but, the, but they're, they're puppets. And so they're trying to cause this to happen. But the people are going to think they caused the problem, and then they come with the answer. And it, it's it's pretty freaky. You have other questions. I'd love to answer questions. Oh my! No, you well, don't have to have yeah. a question. No, I, I I do have questions. So let's get back to this this term, the pharmacia. Are you saying that is the in 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 the original untranslated version? It says pharmacia. I believe it would be the Greek. Yes, it would say pharmakia. Pharmakia. I'm sorry. It okay. would say pharmakia, which could easily and translate to pharmacy for us right. but we, we translated it to sorcery yeah so for right. a while i used to think that meant maybe technology when i used to read that years and years ago maybe they just because it's saying it deceived the whole world and i was thinking if america's mystery babylon maybe it deceives the whole world by its technology and i just thought in general but this is clearly it deceives the whole world through its pharmakia, if you change the word sorcery and say pharmakia, I don't want people to read it and say, it doesn't say pharmakia. Yeah, it says sorcery, but anyone can look this up. The the Greek root word for sorcery, pharmakia. They deceive okay, the whole then, world with its pharmakia. America is the only one that has done that. Well, so one of my questions is what about Israel? Because if you look at Moderna and you look at Andrew Bourla, and the a lot of the research was done in Israel, was it not? For the well, Israel's going to have its own share of problems, and the whole world's going to come after Israel. But here's, here's what's special about Israel. It doesn't matter what Israel does in this aspect. God has made promises to Israel, and those promises will be fulfilled even if Israel abandons God. God will fulfill those promises because he's not going to be a liar. So, so America does not have such promises. So Israel is not going to get wiped off the face of the earth. Israel will stand, and when it's, it's half of it is going to get controlled, Joel tells us that half of it's going to be divided. They are going to divide it. That's going to probably be part of the peace contract that ushers in the seven-year tribulation is when you see the peace contract. But it's probably going to divide Israel, but they'll let the Jews build their temple. Then they're going to stop the sacrificing because the animal rights people are going to go crazy because they're going to be sacrificing animals like crazy. 
uh, oh, the really? Jews will be. And, and, and it specifically says the Antichrist steps in and stops them from sacrificing. And we can see that that's probably the animal rights people are going to go crazy and say you can't do that. Eventually, the whole world is going to – maybe they will blame Israel. Maybe part of it they'll say, well, they were with America too. And I don't know, but they are going to come after Israel for sure. Satan wants to take uh, the throne. Uh, Iran will never nuke Israel. You don't have to worry about that because it's a holy site for Iran. So when, when you see that Iran threatens Israel and stuff and, and they're building nuclear weapons, they're building nuclear weapons for America to hit. They will never – use a nuclear weapon on Jerusalem. And They're not the, going to blow up their holy site. Iran's nuclear weapons capability was enabled by Barack Obama. And it, Absolutely. The, the and funding, he gave them tons of money, too. Yeah, the money and some tech in order to build their nuclear weapons. And I agree with you that Iran already has nuclear weapons. But, okay, and so the other thing... sitting behind the scenes orchestrating all of this? Probably Barack Obama. Who's going to be the person with the sympathetic vote once America is blown off the face of the earth, where the world will then, and Europe will still be standing, where they will say, he's a sympathetic person, and, and it looks like he's not involved in any of it. And he said that he's not done politically and that he will serve, whatever that means. Uh, right. You've got to watch for him to rise up out of all of this. So, yeah, I mean, I've heard people say they think that Barack Obama will become the Antichrist. I would say there are candidates, and no one can say for sure, but you can't say he's not the, like, massive number one candidate because he fulfills a lot. Yeah. And could. He could fulfill. But he hasn't fulfilled everything. He's already fulfilled some of the things. I've looked into that, but I won't go deep in that. That'll be a whole nother hour <laughs> for me to explain that. But okay, I, I, but you, you should people should be keeping their eye on him. That's for sure. So then, next question. Then, according to this analysis that you've offered us, the world survives nuclear war. So there is a nuclear sure. war, but it's not a extinction level event. It's not a global no. killer, and nations survive and people survive. Probably New Yorkers don't survive, and wherever else the bombs. Uh, land, but yeah, my my theory is is that the, a lot of the coastlines, both the coastlines, and I think this is me politically, not biblically, but politically, China has wanted America's farmland for fifty years. That's right, and and China is working with Russia. So China, and I think God is going to put this in China's heart. China imports fifty percent of its food. Yeah, China is going to say, "Don't blow up that farmland, Russia, please." Because we want to come in and take it. Russia can't come in. They don't have the manpower. China's going to sit back, pretend like they're going to attack Taiwan, but they're really preparing to evade. And they'll have to invade through Canada because the coastlines will be blown up and they're not going to go through there. And they're going to come through Canada. Something supernatural, I believe, is going to happen, and they're going to have to flee. And America will be like if those who survive, there will be a remnant that I think God brings through. But the beauty of it, as horrible as this sounds, You'll be irrelevant about the mark of the beast system and stuff. So it actually, those who survive, it would be a safe haven, but you'd have to be living in like it's 1719. That, that's the way you'd be living, and you'd have to figure out how to live that way. And, and it would only be the survivors. But they're going to try to take the farmland, and I think something supernatural will happen, or, or the people who are left fight them off, and you know it's hard to do supply lines and stuff. But I, I think China wants... The farmland. This is not biblical. Separate this. This is just my opinion. I understand. Uh, from from watching the news. But nuking nuking New York City, let's say, would, and again, this this is just 
political analysis, but that would set off obviously an instant financial collapse across America. It might end the dollar. It might end the United States of America uh, government and, and currency system, all of that, yeah. but it would certainly set off mass panic, supply chain disruptions, banking collapse, food stamps wouldn't work. You'd have mass chaos and anarchy across all the cities of America. It's so going to be more than New York because if, if, if that giant tsunami hits and wipes off New York, that's going to hit most of the East Coast. That's right. Yeah. So it, it's going to be – Washington, D.C. is going to be pretty much gone, and that would be radiated water if, it, if it's the Poseidon, unless it's an Correct. asteroid. Um, but then I would think the other side, I think you're looking at L.A. for sure. And, and understand we're dealing – these people aren't going to wage war like Americans wage war. We go for military structures and try to save life. They're going to go for life first. The most populated areas will be the number one targets. They're going to look at Houston besides the oil and the population. They're going to be like Houston, Dallas, Chicago. They're going to look at the East Coast cities and the West Coast cities. Maybe the, some of the big cities in the Midland they might not touch because they don't want to corrupt the farmland. Uh, this is scary stuff, but it, it's what I'm seeing. Okay. All right. So, and then the seven years of tribulation is after all this. Yes. Oh boy. Yes. So get so what? That's, that's, so Christian. What, what an optimist. <laughs> yeah. but, but here's this is why it was so important that I was telling people at the very beginning that they haven't received their crowns. We know uh -huh. this is at the beginning because they haven't formed their one world government yet. And then if that's backed up by Revelation 14 verse 16, where it says. It's after the gospel is preached throughout the earth, but before the mark of the beast system. That, that could be that it's at the beginning of the tribulation. You could say that. That window allows that. But I don't think so. Because this is how the one world government is formed. And politically we see that. If there's going to be a one world government, what stands in the way of the one world government? Take the Bible out of it. Just what stands in the way of the one world government? America. America. You, right. You've got to remove it in order to have your one world government. And that's what the Bible is saying. Mystery Babylon is going to be removed so this one world government can be formed. So clearly it has to be at the beginning, and it's probably – and the, that means there isn't a peace contract. How can we have a seven-year peace contract when nuclear war is going on? So in order to get there then, the United States – well, Barack Obama and so on, they have to escalate Putin into the reaction yes. that causes the detonation of a Poseidon. I think they're trying to do that. Right, and then they're I trying. Think Iran and Iran, like I said, Iran, I think will set off a dirty bomb to to make sure it happens. So it seems like we are on course for this because then blowing up the Crimea bridge, well, before that, blowing up the Nord Stream pipeline, right? Which was, let's face it, that's a that's civilian poking. target. Yeah, <laughs> that's and then blowing up the Crimean bridge, and then Russia just responded with dozens of uh, missiles, non-nuclear missiles, striking targets across Ukraine. So clearly NATO and the United States are now going to up the ante and attack something else in Russia or in in Russian territory or, or whatever, maybe the Donbass region. I don't know, well, but they're going to up it. That they might. Alex Jones just said today that they're probably going to be faking or framing Russia with cyber attacks in America, that America is going to have cyber attacks, and then, but it might be – false flag sure uh and they're just going to say the russians did it to escalate yeah. even more um they're clearly poking but i don't think they think there's going to be this catastrophic nuclear war i they're, they're blind i think they're spiritually blind i think they're doing this because they think that they can remove putin because he's not a 
someone that will listen to a globalist one world government. They've been removing dictators. That's what they were doing in the Middle East when they went after Saddam Hussein is because he's a dictator. Obama went after Gaddafi because he's a dictator. They tried to go after Assad in Syria because he's a dictator. They were trying to create a Muslim caliphate that will follow the one world government. Anyone who's a dictator that won't follow the one world government, they are removing. So True. Putin is a wild card. He plays like he's one of them, but they know he's not. So they want regime change. So they think this poking is – they don't really think because they think Putin's like us. They're poking him, but – some of the globalists do. Like some of the globalists want America wiped off the face of the earth. I'm talking about the American globalists, like the ones in Washington, D.C. They are just blind and don't think they're like in a drunken state. Don't think that this could ever actually happen. Whereas the, the globalists pulling their strings, someone like a George Soros maybe is thinking, yeah, blow up America completely. He might be all for that. Uh, so So you have a mix of that. You have some of them. Our, our American globalists are not – they're not in on the inner conversations. Well, and clearly China they miscalculated Russia, because they thought the economic sanctions would, would take down Russia and cause regime change, and that was yes. a gross miscalculation. Yes, that's what they're still trying to do. Yeah, right. So they – yeah, they think that Putin's never going to respond with nuclear weapons, and maybe maybe he does. And Well, according to the Bible, I think he clearly does. But I, I, when I use my political knowledge, I think he's hesitant because he's thinking, well, they could still respond, and he doesn't want to get his people nuked. But I think his partnership with Iran is going to force him to do it because I don't think the Iranians will hesitate one second. And by the way, I don't think America responds at all. I don't think America launches a retaliation nuclear strike. Because think of how many people could actually hit you, Pakistan, Iran. North Korea. Are you just going to randomly launch because New York just got blown up and this all happens in one hour and then a whole bunch of cities are getting hit. And it's not it's not like war games you're not going to see it launch from from Russia. They're going to launch from bartered ships, ships that carry cargo. Iran has practiced that for years or nuclear subs right off the coast. And these missiles can go like Mach 7, Mach 9. So when they launch them, it's going to be boom, instantaneous, and you're not even going to know where it came from. And so I don't see – I also don't believe Democrats would ever have the courage to to say nuke somebody. I don't think the Democrat Party, anyone in the Democrat Party that would become president would ever do it. They would just let America get blown up, and they would never respond. I Just politically, I don't think they would. Yeah. I don't – I think they – like against their religion of liberalism for them to do something like that. Uh-huh. So, so, but besides that, they won't know. They're not, they're not going to know fully. It's a surprise attack. They're, and so, yeah, I don't think we respond. But then there will be consequences. Even though we don't respond, North Korea is going to take advantage. North of Korea course. is going to start hammering people. And, and all the evil countries that have been held in check by America are going to go – Oh, baby, now I can do whatever I want, and they're going to go do it. And then there's going to be war all throughout the earth, and then someone comes in and ends it, and that will be the Antichrist. Oh, boy. And if you don't, if you don't worship the Antichrist, you'll be deplatformed from Facebook. Yeah. Basically, I mean, <laughs> right. that's what the mark of the beast system is, is you're not going to be able to buy or sell, which we can then translate to say is if you take the mark – if you don't take the mark, you can't buy or sell. They, they just use economics. 
okay, you can't work, you can't feed your family, take the mark. And we've already seen what the vaccine has proven, like a huge chunk, 90%. I don't know how many, but it'll be a huge percentage when you threaten their income. That's all you have to do. They'll take the mark just like they people injected themselves with something they didn't even know what it was, showing you that those people are very likely candidates to take the mark. Have you have you looked at the possible fatalities in the United States following this? Because I'm no. sure you've heard about the Deagle report uh, that that had uh, I think predicted that the the population of the United States is under 100 million by I think the year 2025 or something like that. So if an if a nuke hits New York City, obviously you know it could be could be 10 million plus dead, and that's that's doesn't even consider the surrounding area. But then the economic collapse and the chaos. It happens nationwide. I mean, well, there's we're talking famine and pestilence that follow it. Yeah, so it's tens of millions of or more could be so, hundreds of millions just in the U.S. The destruction is in one hour, and a lot of people think, well, that one hour, then that's it. But then it says, then there's famine and, and there's also famine and pestilence. Well, that can't happen in one hour. Right. That means there is a remnant that that lives through this, but a lot of them are going to die. The famine, obviously, there will be no supply chains, so clearly there will be famine. The pestilence, I think sickness will go even more rampant because people's immune systems have been damaged by the vaccine. And right. so when the pestilence is part of the vaccine, and that's going to wipe out a whole bunch of people who might even have food supply, but they're going to get sick and die anyways. And God is going to allow this to bring through a, a remnant that he wants to live through it. And it, you might not want, you might be someone that says, I'd rather die because if you're a Christian, what there's no punishment you go to heaven it's not a punishment to die but you there'll be christians that live who who go through this but it'll be interesting because then the antichrist would come on the scene the one world government would be formed but america would be irrelevant they wouldn't even care that there's no even point in even looking at what's going on in america i don't you wouldn't be able to even know what's going on in the world it would be bizarre I, it's hard to really wrap your head around it but that's what seems to be indicated in the bible is what happens Okay. All right. Well, you, you've opened a lot of eyes and may perhaps raised a few eyebrows as well, but you've given us all reason to, to look at Scripture yet again, uh, especially in chapter 17 and 18 from the book yes. of Revelation. Um, I didn't get a chance to ask you about chapters 6 and 7 and all the strange things going on there. But, uh, you know, like, like the locusts, what's the deal with, with the locusts that – Seem to me that it seems like they're describing little tiny uh, robot drones or something. Yeah, a lot of people think, I don't know if it's figurative or literal. I, I think it's figurative, I think, but I am not sure on that one. I Look, there are people that are experts on other things. Like I said, people teach really good stuff. I'm an expert on Mystery Babylon. I'm not necessarily an expert on everything else, although I do have a really good understanding of most. That is, the reason why you have a question on that is because most people can't answer that question. Yeah. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to be one of those things that when it happens, you'll be like, oh, that's what it is. It's, it's <laughs> right. just like the vaccine. I, I, there's no way I could have understood that verse until this vaccine thing has happened. Now I look at that verse and say, oh, my gosh, there it is. Wow. Wow. Well, this is really fascinating. Uh, obviously, I'm going to go through here with with your interpretation. It does. It connects a lot of dots, especially the part about, you know, even verse 24 following that in her was found the blood of prophets and of God's holy people. All, 
all of who have been slaughtered on the earth. So that, that indicates that the vaccine die-off will take place. And the, the post-vaccine the blood. Die-off. It's mentioned the in blood. blood. Exactly. Yeah, it, the Including so Christians awesome who took the vaccine. Just, the Bible uses just little key words. And that, think of how much is in the, that sentence Yeah, that we're living. Only the Bible can do that kind of thing. It's like, wow, it jumps out at you. Yeah, it's speaking on so many levels. It's just, just extraordinary. Well, Ben, uh, we get, we're way over time, so we're going to wrap this up. But uh, th- this is just stunning. Uh, I, I got to thank you for sharing this with us. Again, I know you're going to open a lot of eyes here. Any final thoughts before we wrap this up? Yeah, my final thought is get prepared because I don't know when this happens. I can never tell you when this is going to happen. But look at your news. It seems like it's at the door. It seems yeah, like it's it very close. So you better prepare like it's at the door. You better store up food. Maybe God's going to bring you through. Here's what I say. Pray for the best. Pray for the best. Prepare for the worst. Yes. Yeah, wise words. Yeah, I think people who don't prepare don't have much chance to make it through what's coming, no matter what it looks like here. Uh, let me just mention again, you have a show with The New American also. Mm-hmm. Uh, you do amazing interviews there with a lot of great guests, by the way. You do an awesome job there. You're also on brighteonradio.com Monday through Friday, 3.30 Eastern uh, with your show there. Uh, anything else you want to add? Normally, I'm doing political stuff and a lot of vaccine stuff. This is more biblical stuff. That I, I, that's why I love that you cover this stuff. My show doesn't have this type of format. Uh, where I can talk the biblical stuff as much. So you won't get a lot of this. So this is really special. This is another side of me that some people don't even know even exists in me. Oh. They know me as the political guy. Oh, well, hey, on on my show, you could talk about absolutely anything. That's <laughs> that's the beauty here. Uh, yeah, I love it. And I'm I'm not going to be deplatformed from Brighton since it's my platform. So we're, <laughs> we, we are good to go. You could, you want to throw in something else that's, that's even more uh, extraordinary right here at the end, just to test that theory. Uh, no, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I'm worried about after the, the date of October 14th. Cause I said, that's the 70 year mark. Um, okay. And October 14th is a dangerous mark for me, but that doesn't, I'm not telling people, oh, it's going to happen on October 14th. Sure. But I'm saying from that point on, I think we're in extreme danger zone. Well, that's interesting because I, I was just talking about how we have about 20 days right now of a window of opportunity for the deep state to carry out a false flag to stop the November elections. I think, I think they have to do a false flag before Halloween. And whether or not they can pull it off, who knows? But the, their window of opportunity is closing, and now you bring mm-hmm. in October 14th as perhaps the beginning of a year-long window. Uh, it for, could be a, a year-long window, yeah, or it could be a very short window. I have no idea. I'm a human being. I don't know. I just know that it's really it, – it's just an interesting thing that that's the 70-year mark in which New York City, I think in God's eyes, became – uh, Mystery Babylon, I believe it happened in 1952, October 14th, when the UN, United Nations opens its doors, and the 70-year anniversary is October 14th, and I think that's significant in God's eyes. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, it's a fascinating analysis, and uh, I look forward to having you back on to talk about this more, especially as other clues begin to unfold. I know you're always watching 
what's happening in the world and you're tying it back to this. So if you get more hits about something like, oh, aha, suddenly that makes sense. Uh, please come uh, yeah, back and I'll share come with back us. On. I'd love to come on and you just ask me questions. I, I love that stuff. So that'd be awesome. Uh, well, I always have questions. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's no end of that. <laughs> so we'll we'll have a great time. Okay. Well, thank you, Ben. Uh, it's it's always a pleasure to have you on. We'll have you on again. And uh, folks, you know, heed this warning and just get prepared. I mean, that's the only way you're going to make it through, no matter what dates or, or what what events unfold. And probably a good idea not to be in downtown, you know, New York City, Manhattan Island, uh, just for lots of reasons. Just the population density is out of control there anyway, and the crime's out of control, and, and your governor is uh, insane. So, <laughs> so there you go. Uh, ben, it's, it, it's a pleasure. Thank you for joining us this evening. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you. Thanks you so much, Mike. Okay. Thank you. Take care. Well, that blew my mind. How about you? Would, <laughs> did you, uh, I'm going to have to go through and reread the entire book of Revelation now just just to try to reinterpret that whole thing but also kind of a kind of a dark interpretation of what is yet to come, huh? I mean, if you thought my podcast was doom and gloom, uh, Ben just outdoomed my doom and outgloomed my gloom. He's 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 doomed and gloomed us beyond doom and gloom. But no, I mean, he's got a positive message uh, in the end of all of this, by the way, I'm just teasing him. Um, he's got a positive message because God wins in the end. And, you know, humanity wins. Not everybody dies. That's the good news. Not everybody dies. Um, but it sounds like we're going to go through many years of hell on earth, like the, the full seven years of the tribulation, plus whatever time between now and the starting of the tribulation, unless you think we're already in it. Maybe we are. But it, it's going to be years. Doesn't sound good. And also, uh, the rise of the Antichrist is going to happen, and I don't know, it looks like one world government doesn't fail, like that becomes a thing, and everybody gets enslaved and deceived, and you know, seven years of tribulation, uh, unless you think the rapture is going to take you out of here before all of that, and I know some people do, and which, which is fine, everybody's got a different interpretation of what happens, and I know some people are counting on that, you know, we're going to get raptured out of here. Before all this stuff goes down, that that would be the the more optimistic viewpoint. I hope that viewpoint is correct, actually, because I'm sure, yeah, I'd love for myself and all the other good people of planet Earth just just to get raptured out of here, and then let all the demons fight each other during the collapse, <laughs> right? But I'm not sure that's how it's going to go down, actually. Um. I, I haven't studied enough to make up my mind of which version of, you know, pre, mid or post trib that I believe, but I'm prepping. Okay. I'm prepping. I think God wants us to be prepared. I think we're going to go through hard times no matter what. And I'm, I'm preaching preparedness with, you know, alternative systems of food and money and communications and everything, medicine, all of it, you know, self-protection, the whole deal. Now, what I find interesting though about what Ben Armstrong shared with us, if New York City gets nuked, and let's say that's the only city, but, well, I guess he was talking about the East Coast Poseidon uh, weapon system. That would inundate the entire East Coast. So that would wipe out, you know, Washington, D.C. and parts of, you know, the coastland of Virginia and so on, even parts of Florida, I suppose, Miami even, but definitely New York City and probably Boston and so on. Um, that would be quite devastating for America. 
I think that would collapse the United States government, wouldn't it? I know it would collapse the dollar. It would collapse the social order. The cities would be in chaos within hours, so you'd have lawlessness and you know mass looting and so on, and you'd need to be able to defend yourself or bug out. And how exactly would you bug out? All the highways would be jammed up at that point. Everybody trying to get out of Los Angeles. Good luck. And by the way, what do you think happens to your pension funds? What happens to Medicare? What happens to you know all the entitlements that the federal government owes people? What happens to Social Security? Ah, it's gone. It's gone. So you know you're you're, you're talking the complete destruction of the United States of America as we know it from a single detonation of a single weapon that Russia possesses that actually the Russian submarine that carries eight of those weapons just left port what last week. Remember that? I forgot the designation of that big submarine. It's the world's largest submarine that goes something like 150 miles an hour underwater. And it carries eight of these super secret Poseidon, Underwater nuclear drones that are probably being deposited all over the world right now, you know, just waiting for detonation instructions from Putin. So I, I see this as a very realistic possibility, frankly. I do. One more reason not to be in New York City or Washington, D.C. or even Los Angeles if all of this goes down. I would not be surprised if this happens in our near future. And that's why we all need to be ready for the chaos that would ensue. And I do think Barack Obama may be the Antichrist, by the way. I do. I think so. I mean, he's positioning himself for that role. But isn't it wild that we're actually living through the book of Revelation? It seems right now. And we're watching the escalation towards nuclear war. It's just unfolding by the day. It was just two days ago. You know, another step in the escalation of missile attacks in Ukraine. Not hard to see where this ends up. It's just a question of when. So, as always, the clock is ticking. Our time to prepare in every way that matters is it's, it's coming to a close. So, folks, I, I sincerely believe if you want to have any assets that mean anything after this, you got to get out of the fiat currency system. I believe if you want to have food, you got to stockpile some food and get some seeds and have the ability to grow food in the spring and so on. I sincerely believe if you want to be able to communicate, you're going to need emergency backup comms. You know, I've talked about our sponsor, Satellite Phone Store. Uh, if you want to stay alive, you're going to have to defend yourself. You're going to have to have uh, firearms protection and ammunition, maybe ballistic vests and so on. You're going to need all these plans and much more. You're going to have to be able to live in a post-nuclear America. That is, if you live in America, but a post-nuclear America, which will barely function for quite some period of time. And the population will probably be drastically reduced. Maybe, even according to the Deagle report, maybe it goes down to just below 100 million which would mean over 230 million Americans could die in order to get to that number. Well, that many people won't die during the nuke. How do they die? Well, famine, collapse, violence, you know, just the collapse of the rule of law, 
the total destruction of the system that keeps people alive. It's very fragile, by the way. The whole system is very fragile. So I was talking about anti-fragile approaches yesterday. So anyway, I, I think this gives us another kind of glimpse, another angle of what may be coming. Of course, you decide for yourself what you think is uh, happening or not happening. And I, I welcome your feedback. If you want to post comments uh, on this podcast on brighttown.com, we always welcome your comments. And there's always other people that, that have other insights to bring to this, you know, to add to it. Something that, that we may have missed that you can add. So feel free to do that. I would just say bottom line is uh, get ready. You know, get ready, get stocked up. Get out of the cities while you can, you know, get to your retreat if you can. Be ready for, frankly, the end of the world as we know it, because that is exactly where this is headed. It's not a joke. It's not theory. You know, the missiles are flying in Russia and Ukraine. The U.S. is involved. It's escalating. This thing's going to go nuclear at some point. And the doomsday Poseidon weapon system is already, it's active. You know, that, that submarine's cruising around dropping off missiles or nuclear drones right now. Folks, we don't have much time left. So use every day wisely while we have days remaining. And let's let's first hope we make it to election day because that matters. And then let's hope that we make it to, you know, Thanksgiving. Let's hope we make it to Christmas. Oh my, uh, Europe isn't going to make it to Christmas without something major breaking it seems. I'm quite certain of that. But, you know, stay tuned. We'll see what happens and we'll do our best to overcome all of this. Make sure that we are the remnant that still survives so that we can, as I said yesterday, we can rebuild society on the other side of this. Because, you know, humanity wins in the end. I mean, God wins. God protects the remnant of humanity. I don't think it's just 144,000 people. I think it's more than that. I hope it's more than that. That's not a big number <laughs> compared to the global population. But God wins, humanity rebuilds, and all the satanic forces are defeated and banished to hell. That would be a great day. That would be a great day for all of us, for the world, for the future of human civilization. And we won't have to tolerate all these uh, groomers and child mutilators anymore because they'll all be banished to hell where they belong. huh? That's a day worth celebrating. All right. Thank you for listening. Mike Adams here, naturalnews.com. And also, of course, Brighteon.com for more interviews, mini documentaries, and special reports. God bless you, and thank you for your support. Oh, don't forget HealthRangerStore.com for the Ranger Buckets. They're live probably right now by the time you're hearing this. While it lasts, we'll have the inventory for you. And then it's going to be uh, more than a month before we have any more available. But thank you for your support. Talk to you again tomorrow. Take care. A global reset is coming. And that's why I've recorded a new nine-hour audiobook. It's called The Global Reset Survival Guide. You can download it for free by subscribing to the naturalnews.com email newsletter, which is also free. I'll describe how the monetary system fails. I also cover emergency medicine and first aid and what to buy to help you avoid infections. So download this guide. It's free. It's my gift to you simply because I want like-minded people to survive. 